Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by successful business people who also deal with the pain and frustration of chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today we're talking with an awesome guest. His name is Dr. Stanley Ward. He is a leadership educator, a coach, and an author. He has decades of experience as a writer, an educator, and a leadership coach. His writing work includes scores of blog articles, as well as two leadership books. As an educator, Dr. Ward holds a PhD in leadership studies and has served as an instructor, curriculum writer, and administrator in American secondary and higher education settings. He is also a frequent presenter for the International Leadership Association's Global Conferences. As an International Coaching Federation certified coach, his clients have included high potentials, vice presidents, C-level leaders, and business owners in both for-profit and nonprofit settings. His work applies executive coach Marshall Goldsmith observation, what got you here won't get you there, with a focus on overcoming limiting behaviors that prevent optimum success. In his free time, Stan is a Tai Chi practitioner, a cyclist, a fountain pen enthusiast. I love fountain pens. And an avid ukulele strummer who likes to sing along with his daughters and wife. I am so excited to have you here and to hear your words of wisdom. Thank you so much, Stan, and welcome. Thank you, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. That's, I'm really looking forward to a couple of those things. Just an, an off question. By any chance, do you watch America's Got Talent? Oh, you know, I've, I've seen a few clips, but I'm not a regular watcher, no. There's, there's a 13-year-old boy this year that's on, that was on the show. He didn't make it to the finals, but he's, he's from Hong Kong, and he's a ukulele player. And he... Play, makes that thing sound like an electric guitar. He was playing hardcore rock and roll the other night on it. It was wild. That's <laughs> fun. Going, That's really oh. fun. Yeah, and they're remarkably flexible instruments. They're great. Just four strings, friendly to learn. I think every every home needs a ukulele. <laughs> I love it. That's great. And it gives you a little bit. It was interesting because he did not have a lot of when he was like five years old he said he didn't have a lot of dexterity in his fingers and he loved playing with legos and his father said i've got to figure out some way for you to be able to use your fingers better and so he got him a ukulele and the kid hated the ukulele but they made a deal that for every hour he played the ukulele his dad would play an hour of Legos with him. And hmm. because he loved the Legos, he started playing the ukulele. And now he is just as absolutely fantastic. So you can use things in a lot of different ways to teach and to learn and to, and I think we can take that into business and, and talk about things like that in, in a business setting as well. You know, what can you do in your business to help make it a more successful business even if you have an issue like no dexterity in your fingers yeah <laughs> yeah 
let's talk about that for a second. What what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, well, I'd start with a metaphor. I, I, I'm convinced that all of us basically have raw material that we're made of. And what we know about raw material and from kind of an engineering perspective is that some raw material bears certain loads better than others, right? So the question is, what can we build given the raw material we have? Right. So in this case, you, you had a young man whose raw material, if you will, didn't lend itself to a lot of manual dexterity. And so the question was, OK, given those constraints, what can we do here? What can we build or how can we add on to that? And so the, the ukulele came in, which, which, again, is it's it's nylon strings. It's, it's very friendly. It's only four strings to keep up with uh, short fretboard. So you can do a lot without a whole lot of dexterity yet you're still setting these small achievable progress goals and and i'm a big believer too and you know set a goal so focused there's no excuse for missing it yet it's still a goal and and as you do that over and over again then you can look back and say wow i've made real progress here yeah i, I love it and i think that we can take that entire philosophy and put it to effect beautifully when we talk about someone who's been running a successful business, who knows what they're doing, and then suddenly something happens and they, they have additional challenges and issues that come up. For instance, myself, everybody listening to the show knows all about me, you know, and, and I was to a point where I was traveling several days a week to different cities, I would stand for hours at a time in front of audiences of 50, 75, 100 people, training them on different th topics like customer service and, you know, financials and all the wonderful things of business. And then wham, I'm in a car accident. I can't walk anymore. I can't ride. I am stuck in my chair. Do I just give up my business or do I take what I've got and figure out a way to redo that. I figured out a way to redo that. And, and I know you and your wife deal with some things. So talk to us a little bit about how that all happened and what you do and how you figured it all out. Yeah. So I, um, a lot of this for us goes back to 2009 when my wife was in a car accident. She uh, was a hospice nurse, was on her way to see a patient and basically the four car pileup where she received the most of the, the damage, biggest impact and uh, ended up having a head injury. And so we spent a year speech therapy, physical therapy. Uh, of course she lost her job at the time. The lady that hit her didn't have insurance. I mean, it's just kind of one thing after another. And then three months after that, I was in a car accident. Uh, and so we managed to total both cars in the period of, of three months. Uh, humorously, I was uh, working on my PhD at the time and uh, was taking some meds related to the car accident and they didn't agree with my stomach. So then I threw up on my computer. So we took out two uh, cars and a computer uh, all within the span of about four months. So that was, that was quite a season. So some of this has been learning to uh, work within our family boundaries uh, at the time I was going to school, working on my PhD, I was working full time as an educator. We had two young children and I was able to finish my PhD. Again, we made a lot of lifestyle changes during that season, changed things like diet, uh, changed a lot of expectations of ourselves, 
kind of the, the joke at the time was, you know, to see her kind of like the family budget, you just got to learn how to spend her. And obviously there's a lot of stress. I was feeling a lot of stress. And so after finally finishing my PhD in 2013, a week later, I ended up in the hospital with a, a major bowel obstruction. And essentially the doc's like, look, you're a 40 year old guy. You're in good health. Uh, you exercise regularly. You, you, this doesn't make sense. You eat right. And so fast forward a couple of years, this issue continued to stick around, couldn't seem to get past it. Uh, diagnoses continued to get more and more dire. And so we went to the Mayo Clinic and after two weeks of po poking and prodding, they said, Mr. Ward or Dr. Ward, how do you handle stress? And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. That cannot be what this is about. And so there's a lot of journeys here when we talk about running a successful business and uh, dealing with health issues. So in our situation, it's about me managing my issues. Some of them are, are stress related and they, and they exhibit themselves in the fact that just my body does, my digestive system doesn't work and, and things kind of everything from the esophagus down just seizes up essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so managing that while also, uh, you know, being a spouse, thankfully my wife has gone through a lot of speech therapy, physical therapy, uh, lot, various therapies and uh, is able to work part time now. She's, she does phone nursing. So, you know, she can do like your business, right? Uh, you know, she, we found a way that she can still do things she enjoys doing. We do it on a limited schedule. Now, now I'm just telling you my story and I, can't, I don't even know where I'm going with it. So, so that's the, that, that's our arc that has gotten us up to where we are today and why I thought it'd be good to connect with your audience. Well, you know, I think there's a couple of very interesting things that you said in telling the story. The one that I go through and I think every, every person in the world goes through to some extent is stress. And, you know, with, with someone who's got as much going on, and it doesn't have to be, I've got cancer, I've got, you know, uh, brain tumors, I've got, you know, horrible, dire life changing. It can be just when I get upset and I get stressed, I get such horrible stomach aches. I have Crohn's. I, you know, it's, it's like I head for the bathroom, and, you know, and it's just that takes an awful lot away from running a business. For instance, if this podcast wasn't going well and we're struggling to try to have a conversation, I would get upset. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't say, excuse me, let's hold the podcast for a minute. I got to run to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't do those things. So you have No, it to would alliterate well to say, we got to pause the podcast for a potty, right? Oh, I mean, that's- There uh, we go. I like yeah, that. Three Ps. <laughs> You know, and everybody who's listening sits there going, dude, dude, yeah. <laughs> you know, but those things happen. And first we have to learn to deal with them, you know, however it's going to work for us. And at times I've just had to say, hey, I'm sorry, I hope you understand, but today's not a good day. I'm going to have to postpone this and we're going to have to reschedule it for another day. You know, or you need to be able to learn to read your body 
or what's going on in your family, in your spouse, or in your child, or, you know, whatever else you're dealing with, whoever else has the issues, you have to understand what's going on for them. You have to allow yourself the grace to not get upset over it. You know, when, when, and I still go through things where I get so upset, and I just want to hit the wall because I can't do what I should be and want to be doing, you know, and then I go, I ask myself, what's the worst thing that's going to happen with all of this? You know, is somebody going to die because of it? No, somebody may decide they don't want to do my podcast. Oh, well, you know, those kinds of things. And I think that helps in the reduction of stress. But how do you deal with stress now and what would you tell the listeners so that they would have an idea of how to deal with stress? Yeah, a couple of things. So some of this also, uh, as we were talking before the show, I've recently written a book on how to beat burnout for yourself, your family, and your team. And that's also related to both my experiences and the experiences of some of the, the clients I've worked with who are in highly stressful situations and seeing, again, the health consequences that can come with that. One, one of the first things I would say is clarify the difference between pressure and stress. Stress, excuse me. Pressure is unavoidable, uh, especially given the constraints of being a business owner and being a business owner alone. There's a lot of pressure that goes with that. Okay, now let's add essentially, so let's say the box, and, and your viewers can't see this, but essentially I'm, I'm kind of holding my hands out like a big circle or a box. So, so that's the box of what needs to get done. Now we're adding a constraint, which is limit, limited either physical capacity, limited energy, and energy management, by the way, is a lot of, of what I would encourage folks to be focusing on, and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But add this constraint, that box suddenly gets smaller, and yet all that stuff still has to get done. So, of course, there's lots of pressure in that. We've increased the pressure. Okay, so that's pressure. According to the Center for Creative Leadership and their research on stress, which is really helpful, where we get into these stress cycles is when we ruminate on the pressure, right? So one of the first things is to think about how do we process pressure in our lives, right? And finding disciplines that can help us with that. So for me, that's one of the reasons I'm a Tai Chi practitioner. Um, it, it's gentle movements. And I'll admit, I mean, I, my personality, again, is just so over the top sometimes. I managed to injure myself in the early weeks of doing Tai Chi because I was overdoing Tai Chi, which is known for not injuring people, okay? Um, and I'm calling the, the gym where I, where I was doing this. And I was like, man, my knees, I'm, everything's hurting. Should I take a couple weeks off? And the lady's like, we've never heard of this. We have 80-year-olds that do this stuff. What's, what is the deal? Well, okay, I was overdoing it. Typical me. Not listening to my body, to your point earlier. So, so one, find those disciplines. Another one that I found to be really helpful for myself is this principle of just learn how to react or excuse me, relax and then act. And so remember, we're talking about processing that pressure, not allowing ourselves to ruminate on it, to spin on it, to let it get caught up in our head and kind of disconnect from our bodies. And so there's a lot of times where I simply do some simple breathing exercises because I can feel the tension rising or there's something I'm procrastinating because I don't want to do it or my head is just full and I can't seem to figure out what's going on. And so just that inhale for a count of three, 
exhale for a count of four, do that two or three times, feel my feet connected to the ground. And that helps me get out of that fight or flight sequence. So that then I can refocus and direct the energy toward the productive thing that I need to do rather than burning up that energy and just yeah. ruminating and spinning around up here. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's wonderful. And I find myself doing that a lot. I feel it in my shoulders. Not mm -hmm. only do I feel it in my stomach and my stomach starts to get, you know, churny and all that, but I, I feel my shoulders going up and getting tight and, you know, I have to go, okay. And take a breath and, and literally push my shoulders down and as I picture my shoulders going down, I picture the air coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for your for your listeners who are, are able to do this, uh, uh, like you, that yeah, I I because I, I spend a lot of time on the computer. I'm an online educator. I write these things, so yeah, I just start to kind of crunch up just naturally working on the computer. Or when I'm driving, I start to get stressed, and I can feel those shoulders rising. Mm -hmm. So something you can do at home is just purposely scrunch them up. Hold them there for a second and then drop them. And that can help that you one. be more aware. One, it can kind of help you relax them, but it also makes you more aware of, okay, this is what it feels like to be scrunched. This is what it feels like to be relaxed. I like that. I'll have to try that because it, it makes a lot of sense because I, I, I'll feel my entire body. It starts in the shoulders and then it just works its way all the way down to my toes and mm -hmm. my toes curl, you know, and it's just that's not good for you <laughs> no and i and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the all the full body experience too so yeah i would encourage you as you're sitting there you can think about okay i'm just going to really focus on my toes for a minute i'm going to feel how tense they are i'm actually going to purposely tense them up even more oh, i'm going to hold that and then relax and you can do that you know up, up the and you may already do this but you know you can do that up the whole body and so that's something i'll do sometimes too if i'm just really tight I will force myself to intentionally tense and relax, mm -hmm. move through the whole body that way. And then I kind of feel settled again. The Business Success Unlimited Patreon page is now live. Patreon is a simple way for you to contribute to this podcast every month. And in return, you'll get exclusive benefits, such as a monthly live Q&A with Nancy and a business book club. If you're interested in becoming a VIPig, we would really appreciate your support in keeping our independent production going. You can find a link to our Patreon page at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's really amazing because I think especially right now with everything that's going on, I mean, it can be as simple a stressor as having to while we were traveling in in Alabama last week, we would be going places and we've got our masks in the car with us and we'll get out of the car and we go, oh shoot, we forgot to put those dang masks on, you know, and you have to traipse back to the car and get them and put them on and you can just feel the stress coming from that. I mean, mm -hmm. just the simple little thing of that all the way up to you've got deadlines that are coming you've got appointments you've got you know all these things you have a program that's coming up in a month and nobody's signed up for it yet and you know all these things going on and that is not good you have to try to get rid of that are there any more long-term 
solutions to stress that you use? Yeah, I, that word is solution. So I'm going to uh, tweak that word a little bit and just say stress management. I, okay. I, it was, I'd be lying if I'd said I've solved stress uh, <laughs> for, for myself, especially. So again, it's a question of what are the things that help me manage it? Some of it is just developing different thinking habits, uh, learning how to do things like small experiments. So if I look at a project and I think I'm all in on this and this has to succeed and here's what my success metrics are. And we'll talk about success metrics here in a second too, because that's helped me make sure I don't miss that because that's a, a key part of this whole system. Um, so changing from that kind of thinking, kind of all or nothing thinking to saying, okay, I'm going to do a series of small experiments here, right? see what I can learn and then apply that moving forward. And, it's, and the key to a small experiment is I'm going to take an action or take a risk that's such that I, if I lose, it's, it's not going to permanently break me, right? Mm -hmm. So that perspective Two, I'm going to do it in such a way that it hopefully moves me closer to whatever this goal is that I'm trying to get to. And three, I'm going to measure success, not just by whether it works or not, but by what I'm able to learn from it and apply moving forward. And I'm going to do it for a limited period of time. So I'm only going to commit to this for one week or two weeks or three months or something, see how it goes and then move on. And it doesn't feel as overwhelming as it did previously when I would just say, okay, this is where my business is going. I got to do it this way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's interesting. And then we're going to jump into the, the stress matrix because I want to hear what, what that's all about. But so often I run into potential clients that won't do things like that. You know, there there's one way to do it. They're not even open to considering anything else. They just, it has to be done in this direction. And of course they get stressed when it doesn't work or it doesn't happen as soon as they want it to because they've put all this pressure on themselves to accomplish something doing it this way, you know, and, and then it doesn't work. And so then they feel like a complete failure and shoop, down everything goes. Yeah. And that mental state for the entrepreneur is so important, right? Not only for your own energy management, again, energy management is critical to this whole conversation um, because you can have physical limitations yet still manage your energy, mm -hmm. right? And how you show up in front of that client and the energy you bring there is so important. And so if you're in that negative headspace and, and you feel really needy, clients pick up on that mm -hmm. and, and they're going to start to back away. So there's multiple levels of, uh, of impact there when we get into that all or nothing thinking. And even as you're describing that client, you're, you're kind of tensing up, right? Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, there you go. There's your, there's your stress. Just, just being in that space, holding on so tightly. Yeah. And so, you know, rather than thinking in terms of success or failure, it can be helpful to add some other categories there like growth. You know, how does this help me grow the business? Okay, well, maybe some, you know, tuition is what you pay when you didn't, don't get what you didn't want or when you don't get what you wanted kind of thing. I think I've heard that as a quote somewhere, right? This idea of, for me, I'm a little, I phrase it a little more positively to say tuition is what you pay for what you learn. So sometimes we're going to pay a little tuition on this, but we are going to learn something and then we can apply it moving forward for growth. 
Yeah. As far as the success metrics go, so the idea there is if I am not careful, again, being there's a part of me that can be a real driver and I, and I like achievement and accomplishment. And I will tell you one of the first things that, that frustrated me about my own health issues was I used to be able to get up early, go to bed late. Yeah. Okay. So one of the consequences for me now has been uh, by nine o'clock, I'm just done, like done, 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 really pretty worthless. And even immediately after I started having those health issues, there was a season there where I couldn't get up early either. So my day suddenly got really yep. shrank, right? Yep. So these success metrics are basically where we say, look, we're going to have a very focused goal here of what success is or what it is we're trying to accomplish. And when we accomplish that, we're going to celebrate it. Because otherwise, with that drive I have, I feel like I'm a pole vaulter who's you know running at the, the, uh, the, the pole or plant or the bar, you know, I plant the pole, I'm up in the air and I'll look at that bar and I'll go, gosh, if I can get over that, it must not be hard enough. So I'm going to raise it while I'm in midair and somehow make this harder and I'll feel like I'm really achieving something. Yeah. Well, how's that going to go for you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So by having that focused success metric, and it can be as simple as saying, uh, part of our metrics. Well, okay. So for me with this, the cycling thing, uh, I'm a little clumsy. I tried mountain biking, separated both shoulders, um, you know, separated one and one arm's laying a little longer than the other. Thankfully, I separated the other one about a year later, and then I've even back out. Um, You're worse than I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So essentially to be able to say, okay, success metrics here are stand, find a way to move your body without injuring yourself. There you go. <laughs> you know. So doing Tai Chi a little differently and, and, and learning how to just stay on the path. And, and, you know, it's not as cool, may not look as cool, but I'm going to stay on the path because success for me is not this hardcore experience that others may be having and Instagramming about. Mm -hmm. It's about just trying to move my body without injuring myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's no way I'm ever going to be a mountain climber, you know? I just, yeah. No, it's (laughs) it's not get out of my chair. I'm doing good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, what can you build with the raw material you have? That's what helps us determine our success metrics. And as we achieve those things, we can celebrate them. That helps give us this positive return on our energy because, again, energy management is so critical to this. Again, especially critical for those of us who have health issues while also trying to run business and be an entrepreneur. And so just that process alone, clear, focused success metrics. We're not spending our energy all these different places that aren't going to give us a return being able to celebrate it when we hit it, receive the, you know, the brain chemistry that goes into action whenever we have an achievement like that, allow ourselves to experience it, and then we can move forward. Yeah. I'll tell you a silly little story that happened over and over and over again to me last week that, that really demonstrates what you're talking about on a very, very basic level, but it, it's funny and it's true. We were staying with my husband's cousin in Alabama. They had just moved into a new house that's got polished wood floors. They don't have any of that. They've ordered their furniture, but thanks to COVID, it's it's like six months out. They don't have it yet. There's no rugs on the floor. I'm sitting in this chair, and I try to get up, 
and it's the chair I sat in the whole week and I'm try and I'll try to get up out of it and as I'm trying to stand up the chair moves back and my feet are doing this number you know and I fall back into the chair again then I try to get up and my feet go wide and, and I'm just I can't get out of the dang chair and so I'm struggling and struggling. I tell you, you have never felt such success in your life when I'm actually able to stand up and walk away from that chair. Now, you know, for somebody else that you can't get out of a chair, come on. But I mean, literally, my feet are doing this and, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's like a dog running on, you know, wood that just their legs slide all over everywhere. And the success was to be celebrated yeah well and what i hear there too what i love about that is you're not you're not comparing yourself to someone else and saying gosh why can't i get out of this chair everybody else is getting out of their chairs you're saying okay this is what success is going to look like for me and i'm just yeah. going to own it i'm going to yeah. be proud of it yeah and, and recognize the effort that i put into that to make this accomplishment because yeah and, and by the end of the week everybody's every time i got up and out everybody's going yeah yeah. Yeah. And that was built. And I hear that, you know, you're building community there, which is another part of, gosh, if we're going to manage our health stuff and manage our energy, we've got to be part of a community. If we yeah. isolate ourselves, uh, the, the negative consequences are huge. And it's so easy to do when we do have limited energy, when we don't feel well, we don't naturally want to go out and engage. Uh, this, the second dimension of burnout is depersonalization, disconnecting from people and purpose. And so when we're struggling with health issues, that's a, we have to navigate that space well. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about energy. We've been using that word over and yeah. over again this whole time. Energy, burnout, because I tell you, I've been there. So, you know, I know all about it. So tell us a little bit about it and how do we deal with it? Yeah. And when I say energy, I, I don't mean it in kind of a woo-woo sense. Um, it's literally just, you know, right now I'm engaging you. There's, there's, a, there's a positive feel to this. I'm fully present. I'm focused. Like that's, for me, that's energy. Okay. Showing up well, getting things done being fully present. That's an expression of energy. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So the research on burnout, and first of all, let me distinguish between burnout and worn out. So think of a car engine. All right. So when a car engine runs out of gasoline, it just kind of goes blah, 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 it stops. And in order to get it going again, we add, re we add fuel, right? Mm -hmm. Fill it back up and we can drive again. The engine's able to run again. That's like worn out. We, we work, we eventually run out of the, the fuel we need to keep working, we rest, recover, and then we can go again. Mm -hmm. Burnout is like a car engine that's run out of oil. And what's scary about that is that engine can keep running for a while, but the longer it runs, the more it does damage to itself. Mm -hmm. And so burnout is when we're actually we may be push, we're pushing ourselves beyond what our resources are able to bear. And as a consequence, we're doing damage to ourselves. And the way we can wreck till, till eventually you, the, the engine breaks, right? And people collapse. I mean, in the, the worst cases of burnout, we do see things like not just depression, but even suicides related to burnout. 
So there's three things that we want to be aware of. There's three dimensions to burnout, according to the Maslach research that goes back to the 1980s. Emotional exhaustion, which is why I talk about energy a little bit. Depersonalization. And let me back up. So emotional exhaustion. Think about, again, this idea of working beyond where you have the energy to work, where you're just exhausted, so tired, and yet still working. Okay, you're in that emotional exhaustion space. And the longer that goes, the more consequences there are. Depersonalization is the second one where we deconnect from people or from our sense of purpose. And it's often related to emotional exhaustion. Emotional exhaustion is often the first thing that comes up. And you can see how if you're, if I'm, when I'm really tired, I mean, I'm kind of more introverted by nature. So when I'm really, I mean, I like people, but they make me tired. So when I'm out of energy and I'm starting to feel emotional exhaustion and all this is a spectrum, then I'm naturally going to start to withdraw in order to protect myself. And I may become cynical, start to disconnect, getting those low emotional states. Okay. That's telling me something that I'm really starting to slide into that space. And then the third is a sense of ineffectiveness, a lack of personal accomplishment. And that's one of the reasons I'm so big on personal success metrics because and, and, you know, lack of personal accomplishment or ineffectiveness. You could think of, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is in law enforcement and he is trying to, uh, basically, he's trying to fight stop, uh, sex trafficking. And I asked him how it's going. He's like, you know, Stan, some days I feel like I'm just throwing pebbles at a train, right? Yeah. Okay, that's the language of feeling ineffective. And so unless he's able, and he does a good, he's able to do a good job with this. He's able to see and celebrate the individuals that he rescued, that he's able to help bring out of this stuff. You know, for him, that, that's worth celebrating. Those are success metrics even though on the larger scale, this larger issue is not going away. It's a wicked problem. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. If you understand these three and you say, okay, I'm starting the slide. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Yeah. So this is, I like the idea of small experiments that can provide big returns. And the reason I like this language of small experiments, by the way, some of my really driven friends and, and previewers of the, the material as I was developing it were like, small experiments, that sounds wimpy. Why are you talking about that? Well, if, if you're sliding into burnout, you don't, have, you, you don't feel like swinging for the fences, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to find something that, that's manageable. Mm -hmm. And the, the book list, lists several experiments for each of these that can help move the needle the other way. Again, think of this as a spectrum. All of us are on the spectrum somewhere and that's okay. It's just a question of, is this an unhealthy place? Am I no longer able to get done the things that I need to do? That's when I've really got to start taking action or to be able to say, okay, I know I'm prone to this and that's me. That's why I wrote the book. I'm prone to it. So I am intentional about having some disciplines that help me push the needle in the positive direction. Uh, you know, for emotional exhaustion, right? The first step, rest and recharge. And that doesn't mean just watching Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. To, to truly understand what it means to rest. So on the weekends for me, one of my small experiments that served me well is again, I manage a lot of different projects as, as part of my, my business model and I'm a solopreneur. So I'm, you know, chief cook, bottle washer, right? All that stuff. Mm -hmm. On the weekends, I give myself permission to just get bored because I have found that if, and not just give myself permission, but I actually require it because I've found 
that for me, when I start to drift into that space on the weekends, if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll just jump back into work. Like, Oh, cause there's always stuff to do for the business. Yeah. But to say, no, I am going to force myself into the space of rest or require myself to be in this space of rest for this limited amount of time, because I know I will need the energy return when I go back to work on Monday. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and to be aware of behaviors like numbing versus resting, right? You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to have a glass of wine at the end of the day as a way of celebrating something, right. Or to, to enjoy a, a company of others or even a good meal. It's another thing if I'm doing that because I'm stressed and I don't want to think about my stressors. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a red flag. Yeah. On depersonalization, I use a metaphor, uh, the idea of a, of a comic story. So I used to teach humanities and in that, those classes, I would talk about the basic difference between a tragic story and a comic story is not that one is sad and one is funny. Tragic stories end in isolation. Comic stories end in community. Right. Often Shakespeare's plays would end with a wedding, his, his comedies. So uh, when I work with my clients, I'll ask, all right, so are you living the tragic story or a comic story here? Which one do you want? I love it. Yeah. Comic. It, yeah. Choose. Yeah. Choose the comic story. And so for me, a small experiment, a, a discipline that serves me well is when I start to feel this stuff internally, I can ask myself, all right, what am I doing here? Am I, choosing the comic story. Um, and, and again, there's a variety of ways that we can do that through relationship skills, relational leadership skills that, that I talk about in the, in the book and in my coaching work. And then in the third piece of this would be with the ineffectiveness, that's where those success metrics are so huge. And yes, learn to reflect instead of ruminate. So let's go there for a minute. Reflection is where we say, what did we learn? How can we apply it moving forward? It's very forward focused. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, it's in your head and it's after the fact. So it's like rumination in that way, but it's orientation is different because with rumination, it's past looking, right? Here's how I screwed up in the past. Here's what I did in the past. And, and sometimes it's self-flagellation. It can go from, I made a mistake to, I am a mistake, right? Really easily. Yes. Okay. When you're in that space, yeah, you're just going to keep sliding into that that sense of ineffectiveness and lack of personal accomplishment. So that's where you've got to be able to go, okay, stop. What did I learn? Okay. How can I apply that moving forward? Good. What do I need to do next? Okay. I'm still feeling tense. So I'm going to relax. Okay. I feel, my, feel my feet. I'm going to feel myself connected to the earth here. Okay. Okay. Now I can take action. I love it. That makes a lot of sense. That's great. Where can someone, we're almost at, well, actually we're over time. So oh, okay. such a wonderful conversation, but I want to know where to get your book. How does someone yeah. get your book? Easy peasy. Amazon.com. Uh, you can search for Stanley, S-T-A-N-L-E-Y-J, Ward, W-A-R-D. And there you'll find how to beat burnout for yourself, your family, and your team. Also, a very simple way to do that, go to stanleyjward.com, and it's my personal personal page. There are links there to other books and projects that I've worked on, as well as the burnout book. And then for the, the clients that I work with, as is, is part of that work, I actually have an audio book that's part of uh, what, what they receive with their coaching work. 
Wonderful. That's great. Everybody listening, I know I got a lot of super information that I'm going to use going forward to help me get rid of some of my stress. <laughs> and I am sure that if you have questions, you can put them in the comments here on the podcast and that we'll be able to either Stanley will be able to answer them for you or I will. I'll make sure that he gets them. Uh, going forward, let me know what other topics you guys want to listen to and hear about. And you can hear us live every Thursday night at 5 p.m. Eastern at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Stan, thank you so much. This was an absolutely fascinating conversation. I loved every minute of it. I got notes up here that I'm going to go right down right now. I'm going to go buy the book and, you know, hopefully we can talk again soon. Thank you yeah. so much. I wish all the best for you and your listeners. I, I like I said, I really sympathize. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's a challenge, uh, but the world needs you to show up. You yeah. have something well, important to offer. Thank you. And you guys take care and stay safe and healthy as well. Thank so, you. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.